deliverance, listen, deliverance is always, goes always and works always with deeper levels. You know, somebody, I, I preached a message, I think once, I think in the Expel conference, I wasn't well, but when I preached it, so it didn't come out properly. But I preached on seven levels of deliverance. I think I did. That, you know, as you are going deeper with Christ, and if you come out of severe bondage, there are crevices, hidden chambers, things that continually get discovered and be exposed. There are levels of deliverance. And, uh, uh, you know, Paul says, give no place to the devil. So our body is a geographical topography. In fact, the word place is topography. It means that there is places and the way as we grow in our relationship with God, things are uncovered. Memories are being brought to pass or being brought to remembrance uh, of trauma, of those things. And so there will be different levels of deliverance. And uh, usually as you go into the call of God, God will take you through. I received deliverance the first few years of my salvation. It took at least three, four years until I was fully delivered. And I am fully delivered and I can, and I believe you can be at a place also where you can say you are fully delivered. Are you guys with me? Where you can receive it fully. But there can be times or there can, you know, as you are in, on your journey of deliverance to receive it, there are things that the Holy Ghost will open up or will bring out until you are completely a whole person. Made whole and made full completely. But it's a journey of, and the discovery of deliverance. And once a person, a lot of people don't start the journey. Some start it, they never finish it. Some start it, they never go through the process. Or some never even start it. They sit in church, they never allow the Holy Ghost to start deliverance with them. Or they never allow um, the leaders in the church of the Holy Ghost to, to use things, the leaders in the church to uh, begin do deliverance on them. And for them to go through deliverance. Deliverance is two things. It's not only casting out of demons. It is also you being taken out of a place. So deliverance is twofold. It's things taken out of you, but it's you taken out of a place. Prophets will usually focus on the second part, where they take you out of a place. It's financial deliverance, taking you out of a situation. It is by the prophetic anointing. It is just a gift. Once the grace is tapped in or the grace is recognized and understood, you know, I can prophesy over somebody and they can just stand there and I'm telling you now, 90% of that word won't come to pass. Then you can have somebody else that comes with such celebration of the prophet or the gift. And they can, they can uh, celebrate that gift. They can um, honor that gift. They can know how to receive it, how to recognize it and how to correctly respond to it. And it's like that prophetic word has so much power. It instantly begins to work on their lives. Instantly. And that is the difference. We have seen, I've seen it as a prophet. I've seen those who do not receive the prophetic words and then those who do. It is always those who understand the celebration of the prophet, of the gift. It is not a celebration or a worship of man. It is the gift in the man. We are not mere men. You are not a mere man. A mere man is natural people. The moment you got saved, you got born again. You received the Spirit of God that makes you, the Bible says, a kinos creature. 
a new creation. Kainos, a, a creature that has never existed before with superhuman abilities. That is what Kainos means, which means that the moment you get saved and born again, you become supernatural, you become spiritual. You go beyond just being mere men, going into a place of becoming spiritual and supernatural. Are you guys with me? Give me the scripture, give me the scripture of mere men. I think it's the King James Version. Just Google dear men, mere men, KGV. I just want to see something. Just give it to me on the phone or so. Zados Kandrede. And I want to speak tonight about, we'll just flow, about the importance. I don't think it is this one. There's one of Paul. It's in some translation. It's not the one in Romans. It's this one. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go one verse back. Let's go from... Verse, let's read from verse 1. Let's see what it says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are not, you're still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Say with me, envy. Say strife. Say divisions. He says, when these things are among you, you are not, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere men is a natural man. A man that operates out of his animalistic behavior. His Adamic nature and carnal fleshly behaviors. Paul is saying you are not mere men. You're supposed to be spiritual men where I can speak spiritual things to you, where I can speak spiritual truths to you, where I can open up the supernatural to you. Are you guys with me? But he says, what, is, what causes you to operate like mere men? Envy, strife, divisions among you. It causes you to lose your ability to become spiritual. Somebody told me something. I heard something. I'm not going to say who the minister or who it is, but somebody told me about a minister. You know, there's so many politics. Somebody that I, know, that I know well, and they say there's so many politics in their staff and so many politics in their leadership. And I'm thinking, we have no politics. We have no politics. We have no divisions. We have no politics. Yeah, we don't allow divisions or envy or strife especially in our leadership team the moment I see it rear its head is the moment we try to kill it instantly why? because it makes mere men out of people it makes them carnal are you guys with me? did you, did you send me? Zanono Sedana Zedanono Mm. I'm just looking. I'm not preaching my normal servant, so I just asked David, just Pastor David, just to send me some scriptures to preach. Mm. 
I'm still waiting for the day where I can just say to Pastor Marie, okay, please, can you just preach on the glory quickly, you know, and just preach. You can ask me any subject I'll, I'll, I'll preach on. I'll, we can go on hell. We can go. You can ask me to preach on electricity. I'll preach on the anointing. You can. Uh, so you must be ready for the Holy Spirit to speak. Because when I was standing here, the Holy Spirit said to me, I mustn't preach what I prepared. I must preach something else because of a need that is here. <laughs> Are you guys? Many times before I come into a service, Many times before, if I'm healthy, I mean, I wasn't healthy last few months, I'm healthy now, but when I come in before service, God will show me everything that will happen. Everything. Um, in a vision, I'll see it beforehand. Uh, you have the ability to do that. You have the ability to... You know, I want to say this. I don't see the gospel that is being preached today with uh, mega churches and so on. Or let me say mega churches, let me say seeker sensitive churches. I don't see that gospel in the Bible, I don't. When I see Paul speaking and preaching to the churches, I see him get into deep spiritual truths. I don't see him just speaking about hope, love and forgiveness. Those are things that should be normal. That's what you learn in your discipleship classes with us in, 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 in uh, what do you call it? Uh, E1, E2, is it E1, E2, not? What is it? Vision track. Step one, one, two, next steps. Uh, oh, 101, 201, 301. Okay. They have some trauma still. It's okay. So, um, uh, hey? <laughs> so 101, 201, 301. And if you go into those discipleship courses, you will, um, you will, uh, uh, you will, You'll receive, for, you, 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 that's where you learn about forgiveness and joy. The church here is a training center. Or until such a time where God tells me to lower the messages. To the, but I don't even think it limits our size at all. It's just our building limits our size. If people are hungry, and one thing I've learned, I'm not trying to be big. I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do. I'm not, I don't have an insatiable hunger to have a mega church. Dear God, if you're not called to a mega church and you get one, you'll commit suicide and your family will leave you. You'll quickly see how the anointing will kill you. Why do you think all these mega church pastors shoot their brains out in America? Because they inherited something that was never the grace for them to have. Or they fall into adultery because they're in a place where God, I would rather just be whom God has called us to be. You know, I mean, I got a testimony today. Um, uh, it was uh, Prophet Andre, he phoned me, he said his whole family, um, all, about 15 people that got saved in Cape Town in our church and said it's the only church they felt the presence of God for how many years? Um, and they got delivered, set free, and healed, and saved, everything. Um, you know, and they did. They did live streams and saying, oh, it's the, it's the encounter, there's no other church. They've been sitting in other churches. They never received deliverance, never received freedom. I'm like, yeah, you know, he phones me. He's like, it's such a, you know, it's such a testament. I'm like, it's, we hear it all the time. <laughs> you know, we give honor to God for it. But that is how church should be. Demons should be able to be cast out. In the presence of Jesus, demons should not be able to be comfortable there. The religious should be uncomfortable there. 
People should be filled with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? That's why I want to bring this message and I, my, my trust is just that the Holy Ghost will move because um, I don't even know where I'm going to go. Let's go. Let's start with, um, let's start with um, John somewhere. Um, I'm going to get it now. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 311. But in the meantime, send me the scriptures on John 15 or something. The Holy Spirit will show you the truth, tell you the truth. We'll show you things to come. We'll speak of things to come. Um, put on Matthew chapter number 3, verse 11. For those who are online, welcome to our online service. Uh, those on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel right now. Click the thumbs up button. Like it immediately increases the uh, algorithm. And uh, you're welcome. Listen, we have a global church. We have a lot of people from all over watching. We have people from many different continents that makes this their home church. And uh, if you are in another country, even if you are in another state, uh, province in South Africa, and you don't have many churches around you or so, open up your church for family, for friends, contact us. Let's make it a micro church contact. Um, that it from, I know we have it going in Mossel Bay. We have it going in uh, many other churches have started that of uh, places of us. I mean, Krugersdorp started out of a, out of a cell group. But um, Matthew chapter number three, verse 11, John is saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Jesus is saying there's one that is coming that is stronger than, I'm oh, sorry, John is saying there's one that is coming that is stronger than me. He's mightier. John is speaking of, he's making the way for the Messiah, for Jesus to come in. He's saying the one that is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want to say this, it is not us who baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. If you find deliverance even taking place tonight, afterwards, let the Holy Spirit come into those areas. Let someone pray for you for the Holy Ghost to fill those areas. One thing I always do after deliverance, I let somebody pray in tongues and let the Holy Ghost fill whatever emptiness and void there is. Afterwards, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Let's go with me to uh, go with me to uh, John sixteen verse three. John sixteen verse three. John sixteen verse thirteen. Sorry. This is my home church from New Mexico. Welcome. Let us know in the comments, please, where you're watching from. I do see all the comments always on you. Sometimes I might not mention them because I'm in a flow, but I always, my eye always catches names and catches where people are from. Let us know where you're watching from. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Say with me, he will tell me things to come. 
The Holy Ghost will show you what will come upon your life. I don't know if you guys are with me. He will show you what will happen. The Holy Spirit is not an it, He is an He. He is a person. He has a personality. He is supposed to be your best friend. He is the comforter, the guider, the one who is your alos parakletos. The one who is your helper, your comforter. He walks alongside you. Say with me, alos parakletos. The one who partners with you 100%. He has the ability to tell you to watch out for something that is going to happen tomorrow. Or be careful of this one that is coming. Or be careful of that that is going to happen. The Holy Spirit is the one that changes a person completely. It is not a church. You can, we can teach you all the teachings and that is great. Unless the Holy Spirit does its full work, does its full work in you. You're going to stand and like this is going to be all just confusing to you. Or you're going to feel detached. You're going to feel like people are experiencing it, but I'm not experiencing it. Because you're not opening yourself to the Holy Spirit in a relationship with Him. What does it take? What did it take me to, to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I sought Him with many tears, not in church. At home when no one was looking, I cried. I sought His face with many tears. And then I would come to church before I was a minister and people would just disregard me. But I met the one who had changed my life at home. And He showed me these things that we are experiencing today. He showed me things to come. This relationship is not limited to prophets or apostles or evangelists or pastors or teachers. It is for every believer. In fact, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for the believers to do the work of the ministry. It is He who will give you gifts. It is He who will give you spiritual gifts. It is He who will empower you. It is He who will strengthen you. He will fill you. He will equip you to be able to minister to the lost. I said in Kruisdorp this morning, and I, I know Gerard is there with the evangelism, but uh, you and I say, sometimes people evangelize in the flesh. You sent evangelist team out on the streets. Go look at who they evangelized to, all the poor people. If I offend you, you're poor now. Why do they do that? Because they find it easy to talk to somebody that's lower than them. And they look naturally now and say, okay, this, and they, the evangelism is not spirit-led. They are not doing it by the Spirit. They're doing it out of the flesh. See, people always go pray for those who are, they seem less. How about you go to somebody that is high up in a position, knowing that all your words will fall to the ground unless the Holy Ghost speaks through you. It's easy to go and evangelize just to anybody that is lower than you because by virtue of social status, they will listen. But go to somebody that's higher than you. Paul going to kings. Are you guys with me? And then I was thinking the one time they said to us that uh, we're not allowed to evangelize in the Centurion Mall or something. And I was 
thinking always like, why don't the guys just curse that place and leave? That's what the Bible says. It says, if you go into somebody's house and they do not receive you, shake the dust off your foot. Why don't you walk out of the city or out of the mall? Like the scripture says, the Bible is either real or it's not. Shake the dust off your feet and say, we take our peace with us. You will have no peace because you didn't receive this gospel. It is as simple as that. But we are soft-hearted. We are insecure because we don't understand words. I am not worried if somebody doesn't receive me as a prophet. I've been to many people that don't receive me. And I'm standing there, sitting there with their breakthrough right in front of them. My life is okay. Really. Because they have pride in their heart. The biggest thing to the resistance of a prophet or the Holy Ghost, it is pride. Why do people not want to receive the Holy Spirit? Pride. They don't want to let go. They don't want to cry out. They don't want to lose their... They, they, they don't want to uh, uh, become undignified. They don't want to become desperate. They, 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 they worried about their reputation. You have no reputation. Nobody likes you anyway. You have nothing to protect. You need God. You need Jesus. The only way you're going to get Him is by taking off the mask, being desperate for Him, that the Holy Ghost can touch you. And not keep up some pretentious thing, just, you know, what are the people thinking? What is the leaders thinking? What is this one? It doesn't matter what they think. I am here today because I was hungry. I pressed in. I wept in front of the Holy Ghost for hours and hours, knowing that it is only Him who can touch me. Knowing that it is only Him. It's not the work of a man or what man can do, or even the preaching of man that can change. Listen, one encounter with the Holy Spirit is worth a thousand sermons. And it takes a heart attitude that is no pride. That is just saying, Holy Ghost, move as you want. I, and seek Him with a desperation. King David says, my soul thirsts. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and weary land. I long to see your power and your glory in the sanctuary. But he said, everything, every faculty of my body is thirsty and hungry and crying out for you. You'll see those whose lives are touched and changed or those, they are so hungry and so desperate. Nothing keeps them away from church. Are you guys with me? Nothing keeps them away from being committed. Nothing keeps them away from being touched by God. They worship with their eye. They focus on Him. Others, they just look around. Either it's a devil that is manifesting that's not allowing them to enter in. Or it's pride. Or it's their lack of surrender. You know, when you surrender to the Holy Spirit, there's a switch you turn on in your spirit right here. You just switch it on. I can stand in a service. Most service, like I said, even now, I'm preaching out of the spirit. I will just stand and I'll just switch on the Holy. I'll switch on the sensitivity to the Holy Ghost just instantly. 
it doesn't matter. And the moment your mind comes in, I didn't prepare. The Holy Ghost leaves instantly. You can see a man who has a relationship with God. They have a type of rest on them. There's no stress. There's no anxiety. There's a rest. The Holy Ghost brings a rest. I don't know how to explain it. It brings a peace. He is the dove. When it comes on you, it is peace that covers you. Somebody else can take the mic and they can stress. Then you give the mic to somebody else that is just filled with the anointing. Also, just another person, they can take the mic and it's just like the anointing is there and they, they're not stressing. Why? Because peace covers. They learn to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a few things what the Holy Spirit will do to you when you're filled with Him. And many people are filled, but they need a refilling. They need, even in the book of Acts, the disciples got filled over and over. They got filled in Acts, in, in, in John chapter number 21. They received the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter number 2, power came on them. In Acts chapter number 4, greater power came on them. All throughout, boldness came on them. Because they understood that there was continual infillings needed. The Holy Ghost is supposed to be human to be so full that you should have a word for anyone at any time. Because when we are filled with the Spirit, you will speak in Psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs. Put on Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 18 to me. For me. In the King James Version, Ephesians 5, verse 18. Maskotena mande leda no zeda sende. You know, let me just be honest. I don't, I'm not in the mood to minister on a Sunday night because my, uh, I became lazy with, I'm just looking for something here. So let me just explain to you some things. I become lazy. Uh, I'm just confessing to you my sin. I'm just looking for something here. I become comfortable in, I became comfortable and lazy in, um, Ian, uh, 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 Ian, because I was not well with the hernia that I have and we're going to go into surgery next year unless God heals me. But we're going to go into surgery next year. Uh, I can only do a January when the schedule is right and, or after our conferences, sorry, in February after our conferences because I first have to do our conferences. Um, but while they found it out, I was really battling. I couldn't preach. I really couldn't preach. You know, you flow from your diaphragm. Uh, uh, you flow from your you flow from your diaphragm. Even when a person preach, when they move in the spirit, it is all from their diaphragm. Uh, so so 
it is from their diaphragm. So I was in a lot of pain because that's exactly where, where the hernia is. And uh, so I, didn't, I wasn't in a lot of evening services. And, um, you know, uh, and it's nice because on a Sunday morning, you, pre- you know, in America, people preach mostly just Sunday mornings, not Sunday evenings also. And, uh, you know, to prepare two messages plus you do preaching during the week and so on, it, it is quite a lot. And to bring fresh revelation all the time, it is difficult. And uh, so getting home on a, on a Sunday afternoon after church, uh, I eat. And um, what I do is I just sleep. I get on my bed and I sleep. And I literally wake up. Uh, I think like quarter past four, 20 past four. Uh, maybe this sounds very sinful to people. That's okay. I don't pray. I do not pray in front of, I do not pray before services. My pastors must please pray before service. I do not pray before services. My spirit is fine. I, um, because I have a prayer life. But in my personal experience, Pastor Marie might be different. Pastor Martin, Pastor David, all they might be different. But uh, in my personal experience, I feel that when I pray, it is a, it is a weakness that I have then I begin to depend upon that prayer and the Holy Ghost doesn't move. That's me. Now, if I don't have a prayer life in general and I then don't pray before service, I'm going to be in trouble. But uh, what I do is I just sleep until about 20 past four. I wake up, uh, get into the car, get immediately here and then I minister and I then minister out of a realm of rest. I can preach, I can move in the spirit. And uh, I've seen where sometimes people would just pray so much and then nothing happens. It doesn't mean I don't pray. No, 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 no. I pray. I fought, Well, I'm going to start fasting once my body is ready, but I pray. I did so many fasts and I think that was part of why I, I, I maybe I did, I did multiple 21 day water fasts a year. I did 40 day water fasts, two 40 day water fasts. Do a 40 day water fast and then we will talk again to see who is hungry. Please, uh, literally and spiritually, but please don't uh, uh, do it if you, if you have a medical condition. But uh, there are people that are saying, I'm so hungry for the call of God. I'm going to go on a 40-day water fast. I'm telling you, you will experience angels. You will experience the power of God. You will experience the Holy Spirit so strong on you because every form of flesh will be dead. You'll move in power but there's a handful of people that will do 40 days. I'm just waiting for, the, maybe we'll do, a, I don't know if we can do a 40 day, but uh, um, anyway, uh, uh, so I'm just thinking of something, but uh, um, I want to get to a verse here. And I want to, as I said tonight, I'm speaking about the technology of the Holy Ghost, the mystery of the Holy Spirit. He speaks, He shows you the future. How do we activate Him? You must, say with me, I must pray in tongues. You can't skip that part. It is tongues that fills you with power. It is tongues that connects you to heaven. People might say, but I don't know if I have real tongues or not. I don't care. Just pray. I I promise you. 
even if you don't have, you will get it. People's minds get too much in the way. Old people like 60, 70 years old battle to receive it. While children can receive it like this. Because people, as we get older, we try to reason and work it out with our minds. And the mind and the flesh and reason is an opposition of the things of the Spirit. Are you guys with me? So, people, where was it now? People move, even with evangelism, they do it in the flesh and not in the Spirit. Worship, oh my goodness. People can worship in the flesh. You see all these, there was a mega church pastor now in, in the United States. A, uh, a black pastor, oh dear God. He's saying mega church, huge church. I don't know how many, probably 20,000 people or something like that. Saying no, they need to plant wheat farms. <laughs> but that, that guy isn't saved. I, I really doubt, and this is live and this and most probably will most probably be cut for, I mean, will most probably be, be uh, taken apart for that, but he is not saved. The man is against, he's against, uh, he's for abortions. He said Jesus is, is pro-choice. I mean, you need to be so twisted. And then he even goes so racist, and he's black, and he goes even so racist towards black people, saying that, the only way that black people can come into the church is if they know that the church is selling weed and then we can give them jobs. I mean, this is a black pastor in America talking about derogatory, you know, but uh, he needs to get, even the talk show host that was world, he was like, uh, what's, what is, uh, what is, uh, you know, it's like they didn't even respond to what this man was saying. He was too wild for a, for a worldly host. Um, so listen to this. Let's let's. Uh, so let me read. Let's go to Genesis four fifteen. I want to just read a scripture connected to this message that I'm speaking about the Holy Ghost, because I want Him as a person to come upon your life. I want Him to be real. I want you to encounter the sensations, the tangibility the presence, the substance of the Holy Spirit, but more than that from the outside for Him to come to fill you, that joy can come into your life. The presence can rest upon you. Light can be upon you. The worst thing is to look at a Christian, they sit and look at you like, as if the whole world is on them. You gotta be kidding me. You have eternal life. You got the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, listen to this. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, uh, put in the King James Version, New King James, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord said, Set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Verse 18. 
to Enoch was born Erod, and Erod begot Mehujal, and Mehujal begot Mehephishal, and etc. and etc. Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the second was Zillah. And Ada, you don't have to worry about all the names, but bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and livestock. So Jabal was the father of properties and the stock market. Are you guys with me? He was the inventor of properties and the stock market. What is livestock? Where do, you, where do we get the word stock market coming from? It's stock, livestock. It was before we had stocks. You had livestock and they would go in value up and down. They would be trading in livestock. That's where the stock market comes from. So the father of the stock market was Jabal. Jabal was influenced and comes from the spirit of Cain. Please understand that you have the seed of the serpent. You have the seed of Christ. And then you have the seed of Adam. And you have the seed of Cain. Cain's people, and even going further, you see how they were influenced by fallen angels. And they were given knowledge, impartation and knowledge and information from the heavens above. Some, uh, 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 some cultures or uh, what do you call it, tribes, going back would call them star people. Uh, some would say, call them from the heavens they came. In fact, the scripture calls it from the heavens they come. When you look at the word, was it Nephilim? What is, is, is it Nephilim or giants? Nephal, Nephal, from the heavens they fell, from the heavens they came. But they came with knowledge and information to give to man. So you see how fallen angels, and I'm getting to the Holy Ghost, don't worry. Uh, you see how fallen angels gave certain individuals power and worldly governmental influence regarding certain de de departments. So he gave Jabal, he made him the father. When I say he, there was certain fallen knowledge and so on, but he became the father over tents and livestock, over properties and livestock. Then you see, and you can... Uh, uh, Give me the other one, the other verse again, which you guys so struggle to find, or you or the others, where um, it's speaking about Omri. The one was the founder of, one of Cain's sons was the founder of Omri. I don't know if it is in this verse. I'm just going as the Holy Spirit leads me right now. Omri or uh, weaponry or Omri. It is, it is one of Cain's sons. So you see how Cain's sons became the head departments. Of certain things. What does it say? 420? Four, okay, so let's carry on reading. So he was the father of those who dwell in the tents and have livestock. So Jabal was the father of properties and uh, livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. So Jubal was the father of all those who play the harp and flute. So hold on. So Jubal was made and put into place over music and communication. Next. Verse, and as for Zillah, she also bore to Baal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Naman, of every craftsman of bronze and iron. Is it that verse? 
there's another one that says Omri. Just search that one for me. But anyway, this one is also fun. Craftsman of every, uh, sorry, of bronze and iron. Speaking of technology. Are, are you guys with me? What will you see today? You'll see heads in the world. One put over weaponry, technology. Let's say Tesla or let's not. Let's leave that. But how do you think inventions come? Inventions do not come without the intervention of angels. Whether heavenly angels, true angels or fallen angels. Inventions do not come without the intervention of angel. Never. You see right throughout scripture, whenever there was an invention, there would be intervention of angels coming in. Are, are you guys with me? So you see the sons of Cain being the heads of these things from, from, uh, 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 from livestock, unless if it's in another version, check for in another version. Forger, so, but that's where weaponry comes from, uh, technology. The previous guy, Jubal, was the head of communications and worship, or oh, sorry, music. So we see that music with instruments is a fallen idea. You were never created to worship God with an instrument. You are an instrument. The Bible says, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out and praise me. Meaning that there's a sound in the stones and in the rocks and in the plants. Because there's a sound that God has put into your mouth. What is that sound? When you begin to pray in other tongues, when you begin to worship Him, He has given the perfect note and key in your mouth to connect to heaven. The worship to come out of your mouth, meaning you are made to worship Him in spirit, not with instruments. Say with me, with spirits. In, say in spirit and in truth. It doesn't say worship me with guitar. Have your seats. I know, but David says worshiping with a stringed instrument. I know, it was never God's original plan. It was after he realized that man is disconnected from me. And he needs an instrument to bring his spirit into alignment. To help a fallen nature, to assist them to come back and connect to God. But if you are not, if you are really spiritual, you don't need an instrument. You can just open your mouth and begin to worship Him. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're even uh, tone deaf or you can't sing. Listen here, Satan wants everything in key. Perfect. What do you think all these satanic worship leaders in the church? You know, there's ones that came out that they then into this and then they fall into this and then they sleep with all these women, these big bands, and then they get back and then they stand for LGBTQ and then they this and they are possessed with another spirit because all they want, really with worship, all they want, they don't want to worship God. They are there for an industry. The church is thinking, yes, let's worship Jesus. That boy is standing up there on the stage. Whether pink, white, black, male, female, 
standing there on that stage, just thinking about money, I promise you, write songs about money or for money's sake, for the sake of money. They worship God as an industry. And the moment you as a preacher intervenes, or you as a preacher just disrupt or anything just as they throw tantrums. We have them throw tantrums here on the stage, not our band. But when we would get them from these seeker sensitive churches because we, would, we had an instrument missing. And that one guy stood here with such a devil in him. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know how many services. I think it was two services or something. But by the second one, I wasn't even going to come out and worship. I said to Alan, in worship, tell him to get out of this building. If he doesn't, I will grab him by his, by his shoulder and push him off the stage. You offend God. Go back to your no Holy Ghost church. And let me not mention the name of the mega church. Go back there where you guys curse prophets, mock and cuss. And, uh, you, and you're sitting on a stage wanting to be holy. Maybe in a secret, not here. I've seen people wanting to take a place here too quickly and their whole lives fall apart. There's a difference when you touch a pulpit that has an anointing and a pulpit that doesn't, even for self-promotion. Death will come. People in this church died. The one was discovered that they were in Satanism and they had a whole pentagram under their carpet blood died when things become holy God takes everything serious it is like the ark of the covenant where like I said the stage is holy I'm not making it seem impossible that nobody can ever preach no if you have the Holy Ghost he will promote you but don't toy around yeah because the moment somebody is on you, and I can promise you now, the singers will tell you everything. It's like they were just tested in their lives in every area. Your character has, you don't have to be sinless and perfect. Nobody's sinless and perfect, but your heart has to be right. If your heart isn't right, the Holy Ghost will knock you around. Everything will fall apart. You'll feel like you want to give up. And then you think there's something wrong with, no, 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 it's just your character. It's just your heart. And if you can shift that, you can experience the wonders of heaven. I mean, look at our band is anointed. Please go visit other ministries. I adjure you. I command you to go out and, and uh, <laughs> now you might stay there. Like this preaching is nicer than, than, than an encounter, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, and why is our band anointed? Because we push them in the anointing. We understand character. We understand unity. And they can most probably testify to you and tell you that if they have something in their hearts with another one, it's like it, the Holy Spirit battles to move in them. And the moment they sort it out, then the Holy Spirit moves again. When you're in a ministry that has the anointing and the Holy Spirit, things work differently. There are different laws. You'll go to another church and, you know, and I see a lot of churches and they operate by a franchise and they operate by natural means and natural systems. And I'm thinking sometimes, man, it looks so, it looks so, I want our church to be like that. 
because it looks nice at some point because then they grow. But the moment we try to implement it, then God just begins to take my heart. Because we have to, or, or, or convicts my heart because we have to do things by the Spirit. So he says, Jubal is the father of music and communication. God, it was never God's original idea to worship Him with instruments because you are an instrument. Your mouth is an instrument. But He said, because man is fallen, they now have to kind of like connect that or use that to connect to me. But if they mature and spiritual, they can just be even like the underground church where there's no instruments and they can just worship in heaven. Your sound and key and note can be so off. Please understand, why is worship, why does worship have keys? Keys open doors and lock doors. So when you understand the key of heaven, the notes of heaven, the right octave or the right uh, uh, frequency of heaven, you will have, and it might sound false or off to the world. It might sound false to other churches, but to heaven, it is the right frequency. It just connects right on time. Why do we repeat songs over and over? Because it is a song that is touching the frequency of heaven. It is the right frequency. It touches heaven. Are you guys with me? So you can sing and worship with an ugly voice and the anointing can be there. Somebody can stand you with a perfect voice and there's no presence. Have you seen we once when we were small, we invited this worship leader to the church. First of all, she came drunk. So I'm just like, uh, or with a hangover or whatever, but I'm like, okay, you know. And then they treated us with such arrogance. Uh, by the second song, no one is raising their hands. No one is raising their hands. And I said to Gerard and Pastor Alan, I said, look, just sneak in behind her. And just begin to like also sing just so that something can happen because this person is not pulling anything off here the holy god there's no witness imagine god is not there yet you think you're so puffed up because you're from some mega church had a hangover from too much wine the night before and you're coming in the demonic because thinking the small little church and then we get bigger and then you'd beg for a job and uh I, I sneak them afterwards just to like begin to sing and there the church begins to write. Then the anointing comes in. But she's supposed to be the professional voice. God is not into profession. In fact, professionality is from your father, Jabu. Rather have a band that can flow in the spirit. Then we worry about professionality and key. But just professionality is from the spirit of Cain. It's from the seed of Cain. Are you guys with me? So he says, they will worship me in spirit and in truth. That the Father is looking for those who will worship him. Meaning that you have been given a sound in you. There's put in a sound in you where you can worship God wherever you are. But for that sound to be in you, the, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that puts a sound in you where you can just stand. And many times you'll hear me just begin to sing in tongues. Why? It's, it just connects my spirit. And there are some people that just never even talk in tongues. Tongues is a technology of heaven that causes you to build up your spirit like an edifice, like a strong building structure. You become strong in the spirit when you pray in other tongues. Show me a believer that prays hours in tongues and I'll show you somebody who is strong in spirits. Are you guys with me? So let's go to, so what is the, what is the, in fact, Psalm 105, Psalm 105, I think it is verse 6 on. Psalm 105 is, I think it is verse 6 or verse 5. Go with me to, to, to verse, uh, uh, go with me to the next verse or next part. I don't know what it. Go on back, to back. Give me the verse where it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Maybe I got, I can't remember the verse now. Underton? 115. 150, oh not 105, 150 verse 6. Let everything that has, say with me, breath, praise the Lord. Not everything that has a guitar or everything that has a piano. Let your breath become the instrument and the worship with God. The Holy Spirit will come more into your room when you open up your mouth and begin to worship Him out of your heart and your spirit than listening to Hillsong. Or listening to this band and that one. I promise you now, are you guys with me? The Holy Ghost will come more into your room because it is your breath that has been ordained to be an instrument of heaven. That is why we've been given a heavenly language to speak and to sing in other tongues. Are you guys with me? So let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number, let's go to chapter number 2 verse 1. Let's get on to more what happens when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You just ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for it tonight and for fresh infilling also for those who need. But for those who cannot pray in other tongues, I want to use this message to build up hunger that you can say tonight I want to receive it to speak in other tongues. And you say that, uh, you know, the way you receive it is by faith. It is not something you can work out or think, how is this, are you going to do it? You receive it and you do it. And the Holy Ghost will just take and begin to speak through you. But you receive it and do it. You know, when you tell an adult, speak in tongues. Uh, 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 uh. When you tell a child, speak in tongues, they begin to talk. Because they don't overthink it. They just do it. They are just obedient. The Bible says, if you ask of your father, the Holy Ghost, he will not give you a sinner. He will not give you a demon. Same as you ask your earthly father for a bread, he will not give you a, a, a stone. 
So your heavenly father will not give you a demon when you ask him of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people say, but how do I know I'm not going to get a demon? But you're, you're not going to get, who are you asking, the devil or God? If you're asking the devil, you'll get a demon. If you ask God, you'll get the Holy Ghost. It's not about the one who prays for you or lays hands on you. You've got nothing to do with that one. It's got to do with, are you asking and knowing that it is Jesus that comes and baptizes? His Word says that this promise, the Holy Spirit, is for you and your family and for all, everyone to the ends of the earth. That I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions and your dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And even on your main servants and my maid servants shall I pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Meaning it is for all flesh. This promise is for you and your house and to the ends of the earth. It doesn't exclude anybody. You can't come with a doctrine and say, but you know, is this for me or not? Is it? No, no, it is God's will. It is for every believer to pray in other tongues, to speak in other tongues. Your power is locked up in the ability to speak in other tongues. Your destiny is locked up in the ability to speak in other tongues. Your idea, the more you speak in tongues, the more you will discover your destiny. Are you guys with me? So, so, so have you seen, let me just read you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 verse 1. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, let me, let me read from the screen. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come to you with an excellence of speech or of wisdom of declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He said, I didn't come with an articulated great message. I spoke with the Spirit and power from heaven that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Next verse. However, we speak, say with me, speak. The wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. I want you to focus on the word speak. Because the moment you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to speak with a wisdom that tongues is a part of this wisdom that the Bible is speaking about. That Paul is saying we speak with the wisdom of God in a mystery. Tongues is a mystery. Before we carry on, go through to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. 14 verse 2. Quickly, 14 verse 2. For he who speaks, so with me speaks, there's a difference between praying and speaking. Are you guys with me? There's a the difference between praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, so the in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries, Timothy mysteries. Go back to where we were, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 2 or 3, where we were. He speaks mysteries. Now listen to this. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of the age, we're coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained 
before the ages for our glory. Which one of the rulers of this age, which if the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things, say with you the things, which God has prepared for those who love Him. Listen, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, number one, you will speak with the wisdom and the mystery which is tongues. And the more you pray in your private room like that, the more mature your tongue becomes. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. What's the stuff? The things, the mysteries. What has He revealed? For the Spirit searches all things. Say with you, things. The deep things of God. They are things that God has for you. I have a message that I preached long ago called the things of God. They are things, promises, mysteries, destinies secrets, things He has for you, inheritances. You don't know, Paul had no idea how to describe this, but to say things. He couldn't package it in a different, in a certain word. He couldn't package it in one way because then you will limit what the Holy Ghost could do. So the only way you could say is just there are things. Next verse. For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of man, which is in him. And even so knows, no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God. When would you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you receive the spirit that is from God. So that you might know the things that has been freely given to you. The moment you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will just have a knowing in you of the promise that God has for you. You'll just have a knowing in you about the things. You'll just know I'm called as an intercessor. You'll know I'm called as a prophet. I'm called, this is a business that I'll have one day. It is something that no man can explain to you. It is, has to be revealed to you by revelation when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when it is discovered, when things are being made known to you. Say with you the things of God. Say the deep things of God. It is say it is freely given to us. Say it is freely given to me in Jesus' name. How do I receive it? It is by the Holy Ghost being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Have your seats. Go beyond your minds. Don't let your mind limit you and rob you from what God has for you. How do I stand and preach in front of you with no preparation? I am not in my mind. I'm in my spirit. Next verse. These things we also speak. Not in words. So they're not in words. Which man's wisdom teaches. But which the Holy Spirit teaches. You know, many times when I would preach, I would tell you, look, it's going to come up now. And then I don't have a clue what's coming up. 
many times. And then I go to the next verse or I see something amazing. I'm preaching to myself while I'm preaching to people here. People think I prepared it. I didn't prepare one thing. Many times on Sunday nights here, some most Sunday mornings not. I try to get structure because I want to get good teaching through. But many times I say, look, it's going to, we're going to see now. And then I don't know what's going to say. Now. I just say, guess, go on reading. Because I sleep in the afternoon. I just, you know, for me to prepare and get into my mind, it is just, uh, no. There's no way you can prepare a message and preach for 12 hours. Or five hours. We used to preach five hours. There's no way. How do you prepare to preach five hours? It is the Holy Ghost that reminds you of the Word. He reminds you what to say in that moment. It is Him that brings things alive and you can just, if you're full of the Word, you can just carry on and carry on and carry on. And if there's a demand and expectation in the atmosphere, you can just carry on. I know there's a lot of people watching online also now and they'll receive this anointing in their, you'll receive this anointing in your houses. There's a lot watching online. You know, we can carry on like this preaching for long. Do you know the numbers don't drop on there and people don't walk out of here if it is Spirit-led. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but we speak which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, mere men, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He said, look here, if you're a, nat a natural man is a man that is not saved. A carnal man is a Christian that is saved but is carnal. A spiritual man is a Christian that has the Word and the Spirit in him. He has revelation in him. He can judge things spiritually. He is judged by no one else. He is comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. But he who is spiritual judged all things, yet himself is rightly judged by no one. Next verse. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How do I get the mind of the Spirit? Being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Are you guys with me? If you're sitting here and you're saying, I am not baptized with the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter into anything that God has for you without that. Are you guys with me? You cannot enter into anything. Go through Acts 2 verse 4. Acts 2 verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. The Bible says the moment you are filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues. A sign that somebody is filled, their mouth will be overflowing with a bubbling forth of the Spirit. Are, are you guys with me? What is another sign of being filled? Go Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Zarono. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, in which is excess, 
but be ye filled with the Spirit. And there it says, be ye continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another, put in the King James Version. Say with me, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts. You know, how do you know if somebody is filled with the Spirit? There will be a melody, a song. I just say to you, you don't need worship. You don't need, you don't need instruments. There's a melody in you. There's a song in you. What does the baptism of the Holy Ghost do? It brings a melody in your hearts. It doesn't matter if all hell breaks loose. You always have a song in your hearts. One of the signs that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be alone and you'll just find yourself worshiping out. There's no music. You just begin to pray in tongues or begin to worship. If you don't have it, you need the Holy Ghost. If you have never done it, if you have done it, it is a sign that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. No one will, who wants to worship God and who wants to just have a melody in their hearts if they're not filled with the Holy Ghost? It doesn't sound normal or natural, but when you are filled, continually filled, your heart will be so overflowing that you will speak, say with me, to myself. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You'll sing to yourself. You'll sing to others. You'll be able to prophesy over others. You'll be able to give a word of the Lord to others instantly. If I say to somebody that is filled with those words, prophesy to this person, they won't even think twice. Are you guys with me? They'll just begin to talk and bubble forth and have something what God has to say. Listen here, prophecy was one of the most evident signs for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every time you see a moving of the Spirit of God, prophecy would take place. Because it is the intentions and the Word of the Lord that just wants to come. Where God is, prophecy is there. Where prophecy is, God is there. Are you guys with me? So, so go with me. Uh, let me... Acts 19 verse 6. Acts 19 verse 6. Well, let me first go to Acts 10 verse 44. Acts 10 verse 44. Acts 10 verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the words and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The Bible says while Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them. And there was a bubbling forth in their spirits. And they just began to speak in other tongues. These were Gentiles that have not yet received the Holy Ghost. They were saved, but they have not received the Holy Spirit. But while Peter was speaking, which means your words can be so filled with the anointing. It can fill people with the Holy Spirit as they you are speaking. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Listen to this. Acts 19 verse 6. How does somebody receive prophecy? How does someone receive prophecy? And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. 
That's it. Paul laid hands on them. They spoke with tongues and they began to prophesy. People today, oh, they're just running for prophecy and they don't understand. Prophecy can be imported. Paul just laid his hands on them. They spoke, what was the result? Tongues and prophecy. Tongues, prophecy. Say with me, fresh oil. I want you to stand to your feet wherever you are. The Holy Spirit is a person, is not an it. He is not a thing. He gives you things. He gives you gifts. We are blessed with all spiritual gifts in heavenly places. In the book of Corinthians, He gives you, we see the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The moment you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, gifts come to you. Spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is tangible and is more real than you and I. Demons are more sensitive to the Holy Ghost than what people are. Some people will stand in the light like, oh, like nothing is happening. And then you hear the demon scream out because the demon knows the Holy Ghost is there. 